Why I defend the prophets today on the Weekly Kingdom Outlook. Let's go. Greetings, folks. Apostle Lewis here with you, and I want to talk about the prophets of God and something that's a very, man, just enormously dear topic to me, uh, being raised up by Randy and Kathy Lechner, who are known as prophets and travel the world, and why we need to um, <clears throat> believe in prophets and believe in a prophetic culture and why we also need to um, honor them and have respect. And I'm going to go through some scripture and I'm going to talk about some prophets. I'm, um, uh, you know, I think that <clears throat> 2020 was very damaging for the church and the prophets and not for what you think. But it was really the opposite. It wasn't that the prophets missed a word and all that. It was more due to the fact that the way the church responded to it and the way the church demanded that the prophets were wrong and that they um, they um, began to devalue the prophetic culture and the calling of prophets in the earth and why that's damaging to the church because it's damaging to it was it's damaging to the kingdom if prophets weren't necessary if prophets weren't important then god would never have given them to the church and remember the church is established on the apostles and the prophets jesus christ being the chief cornerstone we should also notice that Silas was a prophet and Paul went out with Silas and began to evangelize the world. We did with Barnabas too. Barnabas actually gets off track a little bit later on. He wrote a gospel and he, he got a little bit off track. But Paul and Silas are, are the ones who kind of uh, have some very extraordinary things happen with them. Um, why the prophets are so important Um if, 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 if God wasn't, um, if, if prophets were not important, then I would probably tell you that God would have sit there and just not have given us them. There would be no reason for them. And yet God does give us prophets. And there are prophets in Scripture, New Testament. They're not the 12 apostles. So we do see that prophets are given. Um, 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 that they are given. So we're going to look at this. Number one, let's look at our New Testament prophets, something that's there. Well, well let's look because in uh, Acts chapter 13, it says, Now in the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. These weren't Old Testament prophets. These are now New Testament prophets. These are prophets that are in the New Covenant. Now, let me explain something about the New Covenant. The New Covenant didn't require Jews to become Gentiles. It didn't require Jews to sit there and give up their customs and traditions. But they had to believe in Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ took away the need for sacrifice and all that stuff. 
But a Jew didn't have to sit there and give up the Sabbath. I mean, Paul addresses some people keep one day holy, some people keep every day holy. Paul said, this is not the important issues. Okay? This is one where we fight on this kind of stuff, which are crazy, but um, I don't believe Paul sat there and started acting like um, a heathen, which is what a Gentile really was. I think Paul adhered to Jesus, and he saw the purpose of the law differently than what the Jews saw. The Jews saw the, the law as their salvation. You, you seek out the... You, you search the word of God seeking eternal life in it, but, it, but they are speaking of me. I'm the eternal life, Jesus Christ. He says this, I think, in John chapter 8, maybe 5. Um, so that's, that's what he's dealing with. And I, and I, and I, but you understand this was, uh, the prophets were important. And I think that um, we could see right here, there are prophets. Okay, and so... You know, we can also see it in chapter 15 that um, <clears throat> that there were prophets among them, okay? And um, it says, listen, verse 32, chapter 15, Now Judas and Silas, themselves being prophets also, exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words. So I, I want to, let's hold that on there right there. Let's hold that word. They exhorted them. Without the prophets, there is a level of exhortation that is missing. <clears throat> Without the prophets of God, and I'll name a few, the Cindy Jacobs, the um, um, Charlie Shamps, the, um, I would throw Jesse Shamp in there. He's, he's on his way up. Um, the Chris Valentins, and there's, Another prophet at the house of Bethel, um, Haley Braun. Um, without the prophets, there's a level of exhortation the church does not come to. You go, no, no, no. We only need Jesus. Well, then why did he send you the Holy Spirit? Why did he send apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers? Why did he give us this wonderful thing called the scriptures? All we need is Jesus for <clears throat> salvation, <clears throat> faith in Christ. But when it comes to maturity, when it comes to the kingdom, God has given us many things that are there to exhort us and lift us up. And one of them is the prophets. So when you denounce the prophets, when, not just the prophetic, you're, when you denounce the prophets, you are denying the body a level of exhortation and comfort, uh, a level of, of strengthening that comes through the prophetic utterances of prophets. And so it's very dangerous when we don't want them. Now you go, well, Lou, not everyone's a prophet. No kidding. But let's, let's applaud effort while we offer correction when maybe they miss a word. Because <clears throat> prophets, it's not like the prophets are handed a piece of paper, you know, and they're handed this piece of paper and they go through it and they go, this is what the Lord says. That's not how it works, okay? They're hearing the word of the Lord. And it's not, those, by the way, you people who are not prophetic or are not don't understand the call of the prophet, haven't been called to be a prophet, then you don't understand that you're, in, you're, you're sometimes you're sensing stuff in the spirit. When we say hear the voice of the Lord, it's not like we heard an audible voice. It doesn't work that way all the time. 
you're hearing the voice of the Lord and it's coming into your spirit and you're, you're translating it. You're interpreting it. You get better at this as you go. You get better at this as the grace of God comes upon you. According to your faith, you can go deeper in these things. But there are prophets here. Okay? And we also see in, in, in Acts chapter 21. This is really going to upset um, some of my evangelical friends. There were female prophets. Okay? <clears throat> There were, this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied, okay? And they stayed many days. A certain prophet named Agabus came down for Jesus. In other words, there are prophets in the book of Acts. When we forsake the prophets, we are forsaking a certain level of, of the ministry of Christ that is available to the church. It's not healthy at all. It's the same way when you deny apostles, when you deny evangelists, when you deny pastors and teachers. Let's say if you didn't even like pastors. There's a certain level of ministry that comes from the pastor's calling that is necessary in the body. By the way, it's really necessary to have pastors and teachers in the body. Matter of fact, you have more pastors, teachers, evangelists than you have apostles and prophets. Now, I know there's a lot of people who would be prophets. Or would be big prophets. You know, the reason I'm willing to defend people like Charlie Shamp and uh, Chris Fountain and exhort them and honor them and others. By the way, there's many others. These are just two that I kind of know. Um, and Jesse and some of those guys in that camp. Because I've watched them. I've watched them grow. I've watched the anointing on God on them grow. I watch, look, Margaret Burke uh, in our house is a prophet. My wife's an ordained prophet. My wife doesn't care to preach, but my wife, man, she'll prophesy. She's the only one I know who prophesies with a diaper in her hand when we did home groups. My wife's words are like, and, you know, she's an ordained prophet. Now, you might not like that. All right. I don't care that you don't like it. Doesn't make just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's unscriptural because it's it is very scriptural. Well, you can't have female prophets. No, you can. Stop it. There's neither male nor female in the kingdom. Okay, I don't want to get into the whole male female thing, but there's also a female apostle that you're going to have to deal with, and that most people don't actually want to deal with. There's actually a female apostle, so that's their problem. Amen. Amen. All right, but. <clears throat> let's let's see a scripture that's vital. In building the kingdom, in building the kingdom, prophets and apostles become very important because the kingdom, apostles uh, cultivate a culture around the presence. Okay? Pastors cultivate around people and around teachers cultivate around theology. So denominations aren't really started by apostles. Often they're started by teachers, strong academics. This is what we believe. And, and, and I love the fact they believe what they believe so strongly. But it's not apostolic. It's not an apostolic church. Most of, most of your great, 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 great teachers of the word, doctrinal teachers, are not miracle workers. Because they deal in history, they don't deal in possibilities. 
That's why you need both. By the way, we need solid, solid. By the way, the prophets need solid, solid theological teachers, to be honest with you. Some prophets' theology is all over the place, but that's not what they're called. They're not called necessarily to lay down foundation, but they're there to cultivate a people that will hear the voice of God, decree and declare the voice of God, and move by the Spirit. Apostles are there to cultivate a people who will host His presence and become a people, a spiritual house fitted together where the Spirit of the Lord can sit there and rest in. Ephesians chapter 2, 19-22. Okay? Teachers are there to cultivate a people who understand the Word of God and see Christ in the Scriptures. Okay? Uh, pastors uh, help cultivate us to love, to love our neighbor, and to love and to build character and nurture us in our growth process and help us through those hard times of loss and of, of mourning. And then you have the, the, the evangelists, where without them, does the church even grow if we don't go win new souls? So all these things are vital to us. They're very important to us. You might not have an apostle or prophet in your house, but get connected to one. Get connected in some sense to one, okay? And, and so this is the kind of There are a lot of people calling themselves apostles and prophets. I get it. I get it. By the way, I honestly believe that if your friend told you you're an apostle or prophet, that's not good enough, okay? I believe other apostles and prophets need to confer that upon you. I don't believe that you just calling it that. And, you know, we are. I, I see people ordain people to be apostles and prophets with no signs of following. They're just really good pastors. But we think, they, you know, putting apostle on something isn't going to make it more anointed, by the way. Putting prophet on it isn't going to make your word more anointed. You either are or are not a prophet by the will of God. And now there's also that place where you might be called an apostle, but you're not maturing yet. And sometimes we need to wait for that maturity. Okay, look, when I was called to be a prophet in 93, I didn't tell anyone. And then 94, 95, 96, 97, started getting all these words about it. Still didn't call myself. You know when I called myself a prophet? When prophets and apostles laid hands on me and ordained me as a prophet, then, and only then, did I call myself a prophet. When they said, and I was willing to submit to that, did the same thing with being an apostle. Okay? I didn't need to get ordained again, because I don't believe in getting ordained twice. I don't believe in that. Like, every level get ordained by a different organization. Uh, that ordination up on my wall... Is from my spiritual parents, and I value that to my death because they're now with Jesus, and they paid a big price for that in my life. And I have so much honor and, and love for what they paid for in my life. Now, let's look at this. Um, Ezra chapter 5. Then the prophet Haggai, verse 1, and Zechariah the son of Ido, prophets, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of God of Israel, who was over them. So Zerubbabel, the son of Shatil, and Yeshua, the son of uh, Zodiac, I don't know if that's spelled right, Ozak, Ozad, Ozadak, 
It might have been because J is usually silent. Rose up and began to build the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them, helping them. See, we're not here to build big churches. There's a lot of churches that are big churches, huge churches. They're not kingdom churches. They're not. Not kingdom churches. They're wonderful places, but they're not kingdom-minded. They're not kingdom-focused. They're not miracle signs and wonders. Now listen to this verse. This is Jesus. Let's go to Jesus. Let's go a couple places with our Lord, shall we? Let's look at this. <clears throat> Jesus says this in Matthew 10, verse 40. Him who receives you receives me, and who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Listen to me. When you don't acknowledge prophets, you actually devalue and therefore limit what you're going to receive from that person. You only receive, listen to this, this is really key, you only receive to the level in which you honor and we need a healthy, prophetic, vibrant, prophetic community again. We need a healthy, vibrant, uh, prophetic uh, mantles in the earth. And we have them. We have them. We shouldn't worship. We don't worship them at all. But we need to honor them because they're of the Lord. Just like we need to honor apostles. Like, I honor Chris. I honor Bill, apostles and prophets. I honor them. Love them to death. Okay? I honor the evangelist. I honor the teachers. I mean, I, I honor the youngest person in my church. You know, I honor them. Why? Because you only receive at the level of honor. And that which you don't honor, that which you discredit, that which you defame, that which you lie about, that which you try to dismantle, you can't receive from them. You don't receive from someone you don't honor. I don't receive from ever because some people I don't, I don't like. I love them in Jesus, but I don't like them. You know what I mean? I'm not going to receive from them. I realize that. So I try to position myself where I have nothing against someone. I, I try to position myself to honor everybody because it's that important for me to be edified that way. But let's see what else Jesus said. Is, is, now, you know, Malachi. Like we know about the apostles, right? We, we know about them. Right? I mean, we, we, we see this. This is what he says in verse 34, chapter 23 of Matthew. Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, wise men and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city. That on you may come all the righteous blood. Listen, listen to what Jesus said. I'm sending prophets. It isn't a first century thing. It isn't a second century thing. It's a Jesus thing. It's a Jesus thing. It's a Jesus thing. Now, there are some false prophets, but what is a false prophet? False a prophet is one who calls people to themselves and not to God. And that doesn't mean that they're, gathered, they're having a school. Or, that doesn't mean that. It means they're actually requesting the worship to come to them and not to God. 
It's not a, a false prophet. It's not someone whose word doesn't come to pass. Here's the old difference of Old Testament and New Testament. The Old Testament, you had to wait to see if the word came to pass. Okay? But in the New Testament, it actually says this. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 14. And I would love for people to really get this. All right? <clears throat> it says this, verse 28, we'll start there. Or verse 29. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. What? Let two of the prophets, you have ten prophets in a meeting? Let two or three of them speak. Let the other ones judge the word. Old Testament, you heard the word, you judged it by whether or not it came to pass. New Testament, you heard the word and you judged the word you heard. Whether or not it was of God. Now why is this important? Well, we, we can actually see this um, in, the, um, in the book of Acts. And let's see if I can find the scripture real quick. Where they prophesied about the famine. Listen, verse 27, Acts 11. And these days, and in these days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. And when one of them named Abagus, we see Agabus again later on with Paul, right? Stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. Now, what, what happened? They heard the word, and they judged it to be of God, and they began to act on it. Here's how the church, church goes, yeah, we'll see if that word comes to pass. That's a good way for a word not to come to pass. See, words, words aren't always, words aren't, matter of fact, 90% of the words you get from prophets aren't, I'm going to do it, sit back, watch NFL on Sunday. Those aren't the words. Okay, most words are promises that if you will seek the Lord and obey his voice and keep going, that you will, this is my ultimate plan for you. But it's not a guarantee that I'm going to do this regardless of what you do. You can thwart the plans of God in your life. And now you go, what happened with the election? I don't know. I have some suspicions that, number one, I think the word was right, because I do believe the election was stolen. I think that the word was right, that he was going to be elected to a second term, but we didn't see the corruption, and we didn't see how Satan would steal that. But wait, if it was God, that couldn't have happened? Really? I think that one of the things that the Lord was showing us is we don't see everything and that we need to humble ourselves. I think that was a good lesson for the prophetic and for prophets and apostles alike. I had calls from all over the world. And I said, you know, well, they go, why didn't we see it? I said, well, because we didn't, God didn't show it to us. But why didn't he show it to us? That's a whole different thing. You know, my, my father in the Lord said the prophetic got arrogant and thought that, and he had some people say, you can't prophesy over an election. I don't believe that either, because Kim Clement prophesied that Trump was gonna be president back in 2014 or 2010 or something like that, and it happened. So I don't believe that's true, okay? I, I think that that's, a, that's not a good formula for determining the word of the Lord. I think that's a very um, poor understanding of the prophetic. And um, now here's what I believe happened, that there were so many words about it. 
I think a lot of people hopped on the back of the prophetic word because they wanted to be right. And it looked like Trump was going to win. It looked like it was right. And I think a lot of people trying to be prophets hopped on the word. And that sometimes clouds the our spiritual eyesight in what the other task is. Um, so I, I would I would say that I I know Chris apologized. I know there were certain guys who did prophesy Trump was going to be president. Some didn't want to back down. <clears throat> it's hard to back down. Like if I prophesied to you. You're going to get married, you know, by the time you're 30, God's got a husband for you. And then you sit there aside to become gay. And you don't return to the Lord until you're 32. You go, well, that didn't come to pass. Well, their choices made it. They chose. Like if I prophesy and then you turn from it. By the way, the Bible does say this, by the way. This is in Jeremiah. If I, if I go to bless a nation and it turns from me, then I will relent from the blessing and I'll bring a judgment. But if I go to judge a nation and they repent, I'll, I'll relent from it. In other words, if you don't receive the prophetic word, you can change the outcome that God intended. And that's in the word of God. And I don't think many people understand the prophetic. I don't think the church understands the prophetic enough to understand the way we respond to the word matters. It matters as individual words. It matters as family destinies. It certainly matters as a nation. And I honor the prophets. I honor the Charlies and the Chris Valatins and the Cindy Jacobs and the Jesse Shamps and the uh, I, I honor you. I, I, I extol you and, and, and say, continue to prophesy. I know the battle sometimes isn't easy. I know the battle sometimes is brutal. I know the churches sometimes can be very mean, especially the closest ones to you, but I say prophesy. We need the prophets to excel. We need the prophets to, uh, to, to be honored because when we honor the prophets, the Spirit of the Lord, look, you honor a donkey, the Spirit of the Lord will fall on a donkey and prophesy to you. Look, what you honor, you can receive from. Let's not honor darkness. Let's not honor division. Let's not honor um, theological wedges that divide us. Let's honor what God honors. He honors the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, teacher. He honors the saint. Let's be honoring because we need them. We're going to need the prophets in this next 40 years. I'm just going to let you know that. We ain't getting through this without the prophets. We're, we're not going to get through this without the prophets. I'm just going to let you know that. Oh, we'll, we'll get through it. But I mean, we're not going to get through it well without the prophets helping us build. So I honor you. I, I want you to know that. I want the body of Christ to know we honor the prophets. I know there's a whole bunch of people, especially uh, apologetics, who think there are no prophets today. I, I saw one the other day. Someone said the Lord spoke to him, and he was attacking him because he said the Lord spoke to him. Now, I, don't, I didn't hear the rest of the message. I shut off the YouTube video right there because here's the problem. He has a theological problem with God speaking to him. I have a problem with apologetics that somehow believes that God doesn't, that somehow the voice of the Lord 
has gone faint or God stops speaking to his people. That is poor apologetics. Okay, that is actually not in the word. Well, he speaks through his word. Yeah, he also speaks through prophets that Jesus sends. I know that you don't like that. I know that you don't like God speaking. Sitting, sitting home and making videos is different than leading people and hearing the voice of the Lord. I'm really, I, we need apologetics, but we need really, really, really good apologetics. We need really, really good theologians. But the problem is every theologian has a slant. And it's not the spirit of the Lord. It's what he believes. And if you could show me where God does not speak to his people anymore. Because by the way, he was doing it in the book of Acts. I just read you a couple verses. He did it on a personal level. He did it on a much bigger level. So I guess we have prophets. I guess, by the way, here for a different topic. We also have angels. Let's not forget them either. Amen. I love you. I hope this will help you honor those that God honors. Don't honor, don't receive. Honor, receive. And I give thanks to the Lord for the prophets every day and the apostles for and, and the pastors. Look, some of you are are doing your you're doing your very best. So I pray that the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and your houses, your churches. I pray that there would be an increase of anointing. And the voice of the Lord would increase in your life that you might hear clearly so that you might also see farther that you might, might as well do more and bear more fruit for the Father. For in this he is glorified. I thank you. God bless you. And you have a great day. Bye-bye.